Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tommy Hawk's Axe House. Tommy Hawk's is the biggest axe throwing venue in the Midwest. Veteran owned and operated, Tommy Hawk's is run by a former U.S. Army Ranger and his family. If you're looking for an awesome place to kick some axe with family and friends, then Tommy Hawk's is the place to be. Tommy Hawk's also makes customized axes and tomahawks for those that want a unique piece to add to their collection. I just received my customized modern cowboy tomahawk and I am beyond thrilled. Check out some photos of it on our Instagram feed and once you see it, you're going to want to get one for yourself. So whether you're chopping wood or hitting bullseyes, Tommy Hawk's has got the blade for you. Check them out at www.tommyhawks.net and also check out episode 116 of the Modern Cowboy Podcast where I interview the owner and hear all about their story. So hey, check them out at tommyhawks.net and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Hey everyone, today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by thecowlot.com. The Cowlot is a retailer of hand-shaped cowboy hats and other Western products as well. And they're committed to customer service and dedicated to the cowboy way and how you wear your hat. Thecowlot.com is where cowboys and cowgirls shop to get their new lids. So head on over to thecowlot.com. Tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. And hey, check out the episode 114 where um, I interviewed the owner, uh, Glenn Orms. And uh, hear their story behind the Cowlot. I think you'll find it very interesting. But uh, one thing you're going to really love is you're going to love the new lid you get because they take the utmost in care in making sure that you get the proper fit and the exact shape you want. So head on over to thecowlot.com, get a new lid, and tell them Dan sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand, and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to have my guests on this morning. Uh, if I think back to my childhood and I think of just all the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast, Modern Cowboy, two and a half years ago, uh, I, I think this guy embodies everything that uh, you know I, I aspired to be when I was a kid and, and, and so many things that I admire now. Um, 
we've got uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb on the podcast this morning. He's a sheriff here in uh, Pinal County in Arizona. And uh, this guy, he he's not afraid to say uh, what he thinks and what he means and stand up for what he believes. And uh, he's just uh, somebody that I'm proud to be in the state where he's a sheriff. And I'm super excited to have him on this morning. So, uh, Sheriff Lamb, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And thank you for the intro. And uh, I don't know that that saying what I what I think uh, or what I feel sometimes gets me in trouble, but it is what it is, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So hey, let's uh, you know. I mean, a lot of people know you here, and I, and people know you. I, I think everywhere too. But let's just talk about um, first off a little bit of history on you. And were you always interested in law enforcement? You know, where does your Western uh, background come from? Yeah, those are great questions, and uh, you know. I wasn't interested in law enforcement. I grew up in Hawaii. Um, my dad was from Chandler, Arizona, you know, this small farm town. And uh, I came back to Arizona, went to junior high and high school there, spent a lot of time in different countries. Uh, but I've always wanted to be uh, in ranching and, and I was a dairyman for a long time. And so I, I love that aspect of it. It's hard to make a lot of money doing it. Um, so I uh, owned my own businesses for a long time. And then one day, my uh, one of my neighbors said, hey, you want to do a ride-along with me? He worked on an Indian reservation right next to Scottsdale and uh, Mesa, the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community. So I said, hey, yeah, I'll go with you. I was uh, 33 at the time and uh, went on the ride-along, and I was hooked. I came home that morning. I told my wife, hey, I'm going to be a cop. We had to go out and look for this guy in the desert, and I was armed with a flashlight and courage, and, and that was it. <laughs> Um, I ended up seeing this guy well, buried in trash and clothes, and I saw what I thought looked like a little quarter-sized piece of skin. So I called the guys over. They drug him out of there, and I, I was hooked. Uh, that, that one ride-along has made a difference in my life. And honestly, once I got into this profession, I found something I truly loved, and I, I had no doubt that I was supposed to be in this profession once I got into it. But it took me a while to find it. Yeah. You know, that's interesting you say that because, uh, you know, I was a chiropractor for years and um, I'm a builder and I do building, but building the, the podcast, the Modern Cowboy brand came to me much later in life. I mean, I'm 62 now. And so I think you're another perfect example of someone that's, you know, I mean, 33 is very young still, but, but a lot of times we think, hey, we get out of school or out of college and we got to go into this profession. We're going to be in that all of our life. And it's just amazing looking at you from the outside and following you. Uh, in your career, I had no idea that, that, you know, you hadn't been a, uh, in law enforcement since day one. Uh, so I, that's super cool and super interesting. I got to say this too. Uh, I, there was a movie, uh, with, uh, Nick Nolte in it. I back, I don't know how many years ago. And he was a, he was a sheriff in a Western town. I can't remember the name of it, but I always think of that movie when I see you or, you know, uh, see your social media or whatever. Cause I always thought that's so cool. He had this really nice tool holster and, and the badge down on the, uh, you know, on your belt. Uh, that, that's something I, I've had a few other law enforcement guys on. I always say, man, I always just want to have a badge on down there on my belt, you know, and carry my gun and wearing my jeans. But, uh, anyway, well, you know, um, and it was funny because that was given to me as a gift by a guy that was a Lieutenant. He's now a commander where I used to work, but he was a Lieutenant at the time. And when I was running for office, he calls me one day. He's like, hey, I want to go for lunch. And I had won the primary, but I hadn't won the general election yet. Right. So I meet up with him, and he gives me this hand-tooled belt that his uncle made with, that says Sheriff Lamb across the back. 
And I'm like, this is awesome. So I take it home and I thought, you know, this is something I'll hang in my office. This is really cool. And one day I was getting ready. It was before I took office. I thought, you know what? Let me put this best, this belt on. And so I put the belt on. I look at it and I'm like, oh man, it's got my name on the back. I don't know if I can wear this. So I take it off, hang it back up. I leave, I go. And then a day or two later, I, I have another meeting. I'm like, uh, I'm just going to do it. I told my wife, I'm just like, I'm just going to wear it. And honestly, from that point on, it, it was comfortable. It was me. I got used to the fact that my name was on the back. I always tell people, it's not there for you. It's there for me in case I forget who I am, you know. <laughs> and I think that's important to remember who you are. But uh, this belt symbolizes a lot for me. And so it's become who I am. It's become part of me. I wear it every day. And the other thing is, if you've been in law enforcement, it's a, it's a bitch to get in and out of seats sometimes, you know, when you have a gun belt on. And yeah. I, this gun belt is a lot tighter to my body and it's practical. And so it, you know, it's, it's, it works for me. And yeah. luckily it, it's kind of become uh, symbolic with me. And, uh, but yeah, I'm the same way as you. Like I loved cowboys and stuff and I loved sheriffs. And that was, I, I mean, we, my brothers and I, I used to read all the Louis L'Amour books. We used to watch yeah. all the old cowboy movies. And so I wanted to be a cowboy more than anything. So becoming a lawman. It was a no-brainer for me. I figured, hey, I may as well embrace the sheriff life and uh, and and be what people believe. When you think of a sheriff, uh, I you know I thought, hey, this is me anyway. It's comfortable, and uh, I think it's what people think of when they think of a sheriff. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I got to ask you too. Um, since I've never seen you in person, I've never read your stats. Did you, did you play? Did you play sports or football or anything? I did. I played all the sports. I mean, in high school, I didn't play basketball. I played a lot more after high school because I was a late grower. Um, but I played baseball and played uh, college and got scouted. And uh, But I just I decided to get married. And next thing you know, I had five kids. So uh, that's where life took me. Yeah, because I, I saw a picture of you meeting uh, President Trump. And I know President Trump's a pretty tall guy. And you seemed like you towered over him. So how tall are you anyway? I'm about six, four, uh, okay. especially with the boots and the hats. I'm all, well, uh, you know, good six, four. Yeah. Um, President Trump's a big guy though. Look, I've met him on many occasions and he's a big man. He's yeah. no uh, slouch. He look, that guy carries, uh, he's got some, uh, I don't know. He's, he's the lion when he walks into the room. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. That's for President sure. Trump, I'm actually heading out tomorrow. We're flying out to DC. Uh, we got invited back for the Christmas party. So we're heading to the Christmas party. Oh, how cool is that, man? Yeah, very yeah, cool. We're excited. Let's hope hey, so, it's under uh, good circumstances. Yeah, hope yeah. We start getting yeah. some stuff shifting his way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, um, so I, I know that uh, this, I want to talk about a few things. I mean, I know you've got a meeting. You, we, we're, we can't be on here all day, but um, you've got a book that just came out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and one thing about it, when I read the title of it, it has the word modern in that. And I, I like that. So, uh, tell us about the book, how it came about and, uh, you know, where people can, can get it. And yeah. So I had a lot of people reaching out to me saying, Hey, you need to write a book and because we did live PD and 60 days in and other things, people were, they always want to know more about you. And so I thought, well, let me write this book. And, I had gone a couple different ways. It took me about six to eight months while we were trying to figure out how to even do it, how to publish a book, 
it's not easy. It's not cheap. Um, and during that time, I kept going back and forth on how I wanted to write the book. I, I had a couple different ideas, which I won't talk about in case I decide to do it down the road with another book. But finally, I just decided to start writing and uh, just started sharing some experiences from my life. I think in this world, we've gotten away from some of the traditional values that have made America strong and what it is. Things like family, God, love of country, being tough. It's okay to be a tough, you know, be tough, but at the same time, be empathetic. Things that I, I that have helped me through my life, I wanted to be able to document for people and they can read and see that I've taken my share of kicks to the teeth too. And uh, it's not all roses for me. Because a lot of times right. people look at your social media and they think, oh man, this guy's got it. Everything works for him. No, it does not always work for me. It is not an easy life and I haven't had an easy life. Um, but it basically it's hopefully people give a little bit more insight in my life and some of the values that I think have forged me and that I think are valuable and that hopefully maybe people can look to see those values and apply them in their own lives and give them courage that, hey, look, you can survive this life. Um, I'm one of these guys. I've never had a drop of alcohol in my life. So everything the life's thrown at me, I've taken straight up. <laughs> Sometimes it's painful. Um, but that's what really makes us the men that we are. And I think that we need to get back to that, you know, really, it's okay to, to be a man. It's okay to be uh, somebody who supports a family and who, who's not afraid to share their beliefs, whether it be in God or whatever, and who's not, a stand, not afraid to stand for principles. Yeah. And so that's what this book's kind of about. Hopefully people enjoy it. You can get it on Amazon, um, American Sheriff, Traditional Values in a Modern World. And uh, you can also get it on my website, americansheriff.com. Although I apologize to anybody who's ordered my book, my author copies, if you order author copies through Amazon, they take like three weeks to come in. So, and I can't order them until everybody else can. So my books come in either today or tomorrow and uh, we'll get those in the mail and then uh, we'll have a bunch more before Christmas. So it'll be a good little Christmas gift. And uh, worst case, if you hate it, hopefully you can, you can use it as a coaster or something. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm definitely going to get, need to get one of the autograph copies. So, uh, that's on my Christmas list. Awesome. Um, uh, another thing too, I, you, you, there's something coming up. I just, I just saw this, I think just yesterday. Uh, and you talked about it a little bit. Uh, you got, I think, I don't know if it's, it was called wild West days, but you've got uh, some stuff going on down in Florence, right? Yeah, that's going to be really cool. A lot of people don't know that Florence is called the cradle of the cowboy. So Pinal County is the cradle of the cowboy. A um, lot of history here, a lot of strong history within the sheriff's office. And uh, so we're doing this event called Wild West Days. Back in the day, and I don't remember when it was, late 1800s, there was a sheriff and his chief deputy. The chief deputy started going off the tracks a little bit. Sheriff had to track him down and track him down at the saloon down in, uh, on Main Street in Florence. And they actually got into a, a fight, a gunfight. Um, one of them walked out staggered onto the street and died. The other, the sheriff actually walked out and staggered a few blocks and he fell over. He ended up surviving, but that's, they're going to reenact that gunfight. It's a cool piece of Florence history. And uh, they're going to, it's a good time to come out and get something to eat um, and, and really get to know like a cool little town, Florence. Florence is, is one of the older towns in Arizona. And they say it's the safest town in Arizona. Uh, so come on out. They're going to reenact that gunfight. I'll be there. It'll be a fun time. 
I'll be signing yeah. books. My wife has a book too, Sheriff's Wife, holding it all together behind the scenes in politics. She'll be out there signing her book. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's, and that's December nineteenth, right? That's December nineteenth. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that too. Um, your the, your wife does have a book as well. Yeah. So we, I was writing mine, and we were, uh, we had gone out to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, to pick up my son's truck because he was getting deployed. And on the way back, you know, we were working on my book, putting the outline together. And I said, "Why, well, look, why aren't you writing a book? You should be writing a book too." I mean, I said, people. Nobody, no politician's wives write about, you know, what it's like to, to live uh, with a politician or a sheriff or somebody that's got some notoriety. It's not easy. And so she talks a lot about it in her book, what she's gone through, some of the feelings, family things, all that stuff. And uh, her book was released in October. Mine came out in November. She's done very well with it. Matter of fact, she started writing it while we were on that trip back to North Carolina. And uh, so we it's been good for us to do together. We, we both had to figure out how to release a book. Um, we actually found the publishing company, which is Paul Brody and Brody Consulting Group. So if you're thinking about writing a book, I highly recommend Brody Consulting Group. Um, what they do is they'll help you edit it. They kind of walk you through what's a good topic. Uh, then they format it for you, get it out on Amazon for you. And all those things are not easy. So no. it, it costs a little bit of money. I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to write a book, it's not cheap. Uh, and there's no guarantee you're going to sell copies. But it, I think that everybody has a book in them. Everybody has some experiences in life that, that I think would be good to share with the world. And, uh, and they've got gifts and talents and things that and perspectives that I think everybody or at least should share with the world. Whether everybody reads it or not, it's still worth it. Yeah. Now, do you, do you have horses or anything, or do you ride at all? Or Used to, but now that I've been the sheriff and I work so much, we just didn't have the time. And yeah. uh, we moved to a place out here in the county that initially that we didn't have property. Uh, we now have property again, and we're working on getting back into it now that we're, we've had a term underneath us, got our feet underneath us. My oldest son wants to ranch, and so we're – we're getting back into it, but uh, yeah, it's. I just haven't had the time for it for a long time, and that poor horse would have been neglected if if I'd have had him over these years. Yeah. So, um, and how long have you been sheriff? Down four there? years now, and just got reelected for another four. Okay. Okay. Now, um, outside of uh, being a sheriff, do you have other aspirations for uh, future political? Uh, Not at uh, all. None. I get this question all the time, and I'm glad you asked it because it gives me a chance to explain it. Because I have people all the time saying on my post, Sheriff, you should run for governor, run for governor, run for Senate. Um, the problem, here's a couple of problems. Is I'm not a wealthy man. Being a sheriff does not pay a lot. All 15 sheriffs in the state of Arizona make the exact same amount regardless of the size of your county. So we don't make a lot of money. It is, uh, it's something that we do because we love it. And right. so I don't live much more than paycheck to paycheck. Uh, right. If you were to run for, let's say, governor, that's a midterm election, which means that it's halfway through my term. If you run for, you can run for another office in the last year of your term, but you mm -hmm. and and still stay in the job. But if you run for something any in any of the years before that, you have to walk away from your job. So if I were to say, let's run for, let's say, run for governor. I would have to leave my job by probably September of next year. 
and I would have to support myself for a full year trying to run for office. Um, right. I don't have the money, so I'd be beholden to a lot of the bigger donors, and that's something that I don't want to be beholden to. Um, and really, it comes down to I'm a patriot, so I, I always want to do what's best for where is my voice strongest for God, family, and freedom. And right. right now I feel like I have a strong voice and a good platform as sheriff. And uh, I don't foresee changing that in any, in the near future, but I'm also one that doesn't try to make plans like that. Cause God will take that and, and turn it upside down on you. Uh, I'm, I just kind of go where I feel like God's taking me and where I feel like my voice will be strongest for God, family and freedom. And right now for the foreseeable future, it's sheriff. I have no desire to do anything else. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, that might disappoint people because I know there's a lot of people that want want me to run for governor. Look, I don't know what the future holds. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, I wouldn't have told you. If you'd have told me I was going to be the sheriff, I'd have been like, I don't know about that. Um, maybe not 10 years, 15 years ago. Yeah. I think 10 years ago, I was already, I had already kind of was moving that way. So, but you know, you just don't know where life's going to take you. And I, I think what I do is I just try to seize opportunities when they come up. I try to just work hard, punch things off the list, you know, things that I want to do and get done in this life. You only get one life. Um, yeah. And that, you know, people use that sometimes to run amok. I think that you if you learn how to take this life because you only have one and maximize who you are, becoming the best you you can be, that's my philosophy. So as long as it works out for being on, on, on a personal level, making me better, and then also on a level of, of being able to defend uh, what I believe is important, uh, which is family, God, freedom, all those things. Yeah. You know, and, and on that note, you know, because obviously we're in these crazy times and, and all this stuff that's been going on, uh, you know, it, it's, I always seem, I always feel that good is always going to triumph, you know, over evil. Uh, and I, I, you know, and there's a lot of evil out there right now, but there always has been too. What what are you what are your feelings in terms of, uh, of the future? You know, let's let's just talk about it. We we've got Joe get Joe Biden in there and Kamala Harris. I mean, man, that's what's a, your take? That's a huge question. Look, I, I agree. I think God always prevails. Good always prevails. Um, it doesn't feel like it all the time because sometimes the negativity is so it's juicy. People love it. That's what the media runs with it. They're uh, they're constantly doing stuff. Uh, that talks about the negativity that's going on in the world. I can assure you, though, 2020 has been a very challenging year. There's a lot of things that we view as bad, maybe a lot of people view as being bad. But I, I try to always have an optimistic look at it. And I say, look, this looks challenging. What's the good that's coming out of this? And I think this year, if you really stop and take a look, if you turn off the news and look around and see the good that's happening at the same time, because there's always an equal and opposite reaction. So right. if things look really bad, I can assure you that something really good is going on at the same time. You have to open your eyes and see it. You got to turn, turn off the noise around you and, uh, and, and just look and see it. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of good going on. Look, we've, we've been uncovering a lot of the sex trafficking stuff that's going on. We are, um, I think that we're starting to uncover a lot of the corruption that's existed in this country for a long time. And yeah. we're exposing these politicians that are just, they're, they're just politicians. They are not people who want to truly serve their communities and their states and their country. So I think there's a lot of good that's come from this. 
Um, I'm look, I'm still praying that President Trump is going to be reelected. Anybody, and it, it's important to understand that President Joe or Joe Biden is not the president elect. That right. is not going to be determined until December 14th, uh, unless President Trump concedes, which he's not going to do. So right. Joe Biden is not the president elect right now. He was just some goof running around saying he is. Uh, until that electoral college says he is, then you know what? Then he'll be the president. Um, look, I respect the position of the president. Do I think that he's going to be a good candidate for that? Absolutely not. I think he's going to be horrible. And uh, so far, all the people that he keeps rolling out as potential uh, prospects for filling positions, I think are detrimental to this country, to, to my profession in law enforcement, to our communities. You know, they talk about open borders, which is just a terrible idea. Um, you know, with human trafficking and drug trafficking coming to this country, we have a tough time stopping it as it is. You open those borders, this country is going to be flooded with, with crime and with, uh, with drugs. It'll be awful. Uh, I think that Joe Biden doesn't, Joe Biden doesn't concern me as much as all those other people, um, especially like Kamala Harris. Yeah. I, I don't think Joe Biden lasts more than six months or maybe even a year in his position. If he does uh, indeed get elected, I think that he is going to struggle in that position and won't be there very long. And uh, now you're talking maybe potentially having Kamala Harris in there. From what I've seen, based on my observations, she is somebody who will say or do anything to get votes, money, or power. And that is a disastrous combination when you're talking about uh, public service or, or serving this community. So, uh, I, look, I'm not – if that if that does indeed happen, you know, we've got some work to do. Uh, in this country and it's patriots and we've got to figure out uh, we've got to get more vocal. We've got to take a stand on the things that have built this country and made this country great for so many years. But yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of this corruption being weeded out and that's a good thing. And hopefully a lot of Americans are waking up and gaining a sense of patriotism again. I think that COVID has put people back together with families in a lot of cases. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people that are gone back to church They've reconnected with God in many ways. So, look, there's a lot of good stuff happening. Just open your eyes. You'll see it. And uh, we can build off of those things and, and not let ourselves get distracted by the bad or what we see as uh, bad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, too, because this year for us, business-wise, and all of our businesses and things we do, it's been better than any one of the last four years, you yeah. know. And I, sometimes I feel kind of bad because I know that, people are struggling, you know, and, and, and these lockdowns and things have really impacted people in, in small businesses. Um, but just like you said, when we're looking at our, 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 what we do, it's, you know, it's, it's been really good, which is bad to say, because I know there's are a lot of people that are, you know, suffering and, 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 uh, you know, having a, a tough time of it, but yeah, I, I, yeah. And, and I think too, you know, it's like you were saying, no matter who ends up being an officer, you know, we're still, we're still going to keep going and moving forward and doing what we want to do. And I think that there's enough people in this country. I mean, obviously you just, if you really look at, you know, uh, I guess, I don't know if you call them facts, but if you just look at the stuff that the media is not putting out there, uh, there's so many people that feel just like you and I do about this country. And, and I think for too many years, we were, like you said, uh, it wasn't all right to be, uh, uh, a man or, you know, or be a tough, be tough or, you know, stand up for your beliefs. It was, it was, 
I, I don't know. It's, it's very, very strange, but we, it's, it's kind of like gun control. I'll never forget the first time I heard they're going to, this is years ago, they're going to try to outlaw, you know, um, ARs, you know, and, and I just thought, I, did, I wasn't into them then. And I didn't, and for me, it wasn't a big deal. I was just into hunting guns and old West guns. And I, I remember thinking, well, I don't really use those anyway, which is so weird to even think that I would think like that. But that's how they slowly take away yeah. things from you. And that's the same way just with, you know, this thing of, you know, being a patriot and stand up for what you believe. And, and uh, they just slowly encroach upon that and, and try to start to change your mind. And pretty soon you're in a place where, you, you know, you can't even be be the man you want to be because you, you've got to try to be all these different things to allow other people to to, you know, I don't even know. It doesn't even make any sense to me when you really look at it. And I don't know if I made any sense right there, but it's very mm -hmm. frustrating. And I really think that that's one of the things that this COVID deal and everything has helped bring to light too, is that we have the right it's to be who we want to be. Yeah. It's helped bring it to light, but it's also shown that we as American need people. We, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm surprised at how many people are just going along with what the government's telling them. And then what the media is telling Look, the media is, is, Horrible. They are one of the worst contributors to why the country is in the state that it's in. Yes. And it's because they incite violence with their with their rhetoric. They are biased. Um, uh, honestly, they are they've been awful. They will tear any good man down. I experience it on my level all the time. Like anything they can say about you, if you're a good person that that is a patriot, that's why nobody good wants to run for office anymore, because right. it's a miserable experience. If yeah. you, uh, because of the, the, the attacks you deal with the media, they just put, they don't put out truth. They put out what's best for whatever agenda they're pushing. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're seeing that even with some of the ones that I've followed, Fox has even disappointed me recently. Yep. And I've always been somebody that's tuned into Fox and they've sorely disappointed me. Now I just do Newsmax and OAN. And, yep. uh, unfortunately it is really hard for us to find truth anymore. But a lot of times, if you just turn off the noise, just shut down those the news stations and just start going off of what you see. What is yeah. it you see out there? And, and just focus on your community. I tell people all the time, look, and I was telling them before the election, I said, you guys are all worried about something that you don't control. Right. The only thing you can control is you voting. You make sure you get out and vote. That's what you can control. Everything else is out of your control. So- when we start to realize what is it that we control and what is it we don't control and we stop trying to control those other things, we're going to be much happier in life. That's, it is a, that is where most of people's unhappiness comes from, trying to control something they have no control over. Right. And uh, I just tell people all the time, focus on what you can do and control what you have uh, within your control and do the best you can with that. And then outside of that, we're kind of at the mercy of, Whatever it is you believe, the universe or God's plan or whatever it is that you believe, we're at the mercy of that. And uh, I think if people start to realize that, then they'll be a lot happier. But, yeah, you got to turn off the news. The news has just been they've been so complicit in all this violence and looting and rioting and things that we're seeing across this country, driving a wedge and, you know, race and bias wedge in, in our society, driving a wedge between our, our communities and the police. Uh, there's so much awfulness that they're responsible for, or at least play a, a huge part in. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of them anymore. Never was, but I really am not now.
Yeah, I, I agree. Well, let's let's go to let's go to a, 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 a more positive note here in terms of uh, talking about stuff. Um, cowboy hats. Do you have a favorite brand of cowboy hats? I do, uh, Justin. I wear Justin, but they're made by Milano Hats out of uh, Texas. Um, they've been pretty good to me. They'll send me some hats all the time. And so this isn't the one I originally wore. I wore one with a, a brown band on it, and it was. I would go to the store. It was the one that fit my head the best, stayed on right. my head. It was 70 bucks. It was easy to wear out, you know, because you, you sweat like a mug out here in Arizona in the summer. Yeah. And I always wear the felts. I don't switch to straw in the summer, um, partly because that's what people know me for is the hat. Uh, right. And then I, what I've been doing is I uh, will auction these off for my charity or to help other charities and I've been able to raise a lot of money for good causes uh, by auctioning off these hats. And then this one now is still adjusting, but it's uh, it's a little bit better quality, holds up a lot better. Uh, yeah. And so I've been wearing this Justin ones. I, that's really all I ever wear. I mean, I had a couple uh, other hats, but uh, I wear the Justin hats. Yeah. Now, do they send them to you shaped or do you have them shaped or do you shape them yourself? So they'll send them to me and that's, I buy them with a certain shape. I don't okay. typically go and have them shaped after. I'll buy them with a certain shape that I like uh, that fits my head. Cause right. that's key. You know, you got to find one that fits your head and Absolutely. That, you know, it kind of looks the way you want it to look. And th they've got those couple models that I'll wear that are, uh, they fit my head well and they're, they're comfortable and won't fly off my head. If I'm in, I can be in the back of a truck with the wind blowing. It won't take it off my head unless I really got a good gust. Yeah. And that, that hat looks good. That's a good shape too. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. On you. I don't what get size to wear it to the White House though. I have What's to wear that? my black. I have to wear my black one to the White House though. It goes better with what I'm wearing. And my wife, I told her I was like, I gotta wear this one. She's like, No, you're gonna have to wear the black one. <laughs> I wear a seven and a quarter. Oh, you know that's the same size I wear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's funny because you can get a seven and a quarter in one style that doesn't fit very well, and then you can get a seven and a quarter in another style that fits perfect. So yeah. I found that's that the Justin hats and the two that I like to wear fit me really well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they definitely do vary between brands and, and then, you know, if, if you're a super round oval or long oval, there's all different shapes of, of heads. So um, yeah. I, I agree with you totally. How about boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? I wear Ariat boots. Um, I, because I wear, I go out and patrol all the time. I can't just wear any boots. I can't wear them with the leather bottom because you slip around. So I have to buy a boot with a rubber bottom. Um, and so I wear a, a pair of black Ariats. They are great. And uh, they last me about a year each pair. Um, I wear them every day, wear them with my class A, wear them with my what I wear every day. They're perfect. Um, but yeah, I love the Ariat boots. They don't hook me up though. <laughs> uh, Milano hats will send me hats every now and then, but Ariat, well, they, they, they're more than happy to let me buy them. Well, we'll make sure that somebody in area uh, hears this. Uh, you know what? I mean, I don't. I love buying their product. I'm a, I, I love supporting business, so I don't yeah. like things. Uh, I like to earn my keep in this world. Uh, but yeah, they, I do love their stuff. Yeah, very cool. And how about Western movies? You got a favorite uh, cowboy movie? Uh, you know, one of the favorites when I was growing up was The Cowboys with John Wayne. That was a good one. I love all the Clint Eastwood stuff, though. I love yeah. Outlaw Josie Wells, uh, Pell Rider, all of those movies. 
one really good one is that is it's it's a little bit slow throughout the whole movie is Unforgiven. Oh, but at the I, end, when he finally goes off the hook, it is <laughs> it's the movie's amazing. Open well, Range he, is good too. Open Range is really good. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Unforgiven is a. Uh, Unforgiven has a lot of uh, realness to it, I think, in terms of, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. They show how hard it is when he shoots the, when they're shooting these people, how hard it is, how sick it makes them. Yeah. And then, uh, and then when he goes, resorts back to his old self at the end is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 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 That uh, you, you can't beat Clint Eastwood. That's for sure. One of the best lines is you just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. If he <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Hey, so you, the you other, have any... another really good one real quick is uh, if you haven't watched it, is Hell on Wheels. It's actually oh, yeah. a series. Hell yes. on Wheels, Colin Bohannon, very yes. good as well. Yeah, that's super good. Super good. Um, do, you, do you have a one uh, experience in, in law enforcement that, uh, that sticks out that you want to share? Maybe you know an arrest or a bust or something that uh, that you've done. You know, I, there's a lot. And you, uh, we block a lot of it out too, um, yeah. just because of the heaviness of the job that we do. It's easy for us. We have a mechanism. A lot of us that just blocks a lot of the stuff out, good or bad. You know, right. and, and sometimes it comes out when we're all sitting together around a fire and we're talking and sharing stories, and you'll remember, uh, you know, an experience, but. Uh, one of the highlights that I feel in my career is when we were at Salt River, we were struggling with a lot of gang activity um, in, from 2007 to 2010. Um, Mesa, Tempe, and Scottsdale, which combined for almost a million people, had 58 drive-by shootings in those three years. In those same three years out on the reservation with only 5,000 people that lived out there, we had 200 drive-by shootings four times as many as almost a million people. So we had a major problem with gang activity, drive-by shootings. That became my responsibility when I became a gang and drug detective. So I started working with some other detectives from Mesa PD, DPS, our local agency. And uh, we actually put a federal RICO case together. And in uh, 2009, just to show you how successful it was, 2009, we had 76 drive-by shootings. In 2010, we had 11. In 2011, we had zero. And when I left the agency in 2012, we had zero drive-by shootings. Uh, during this, so we basically shut down a lot of the gang activity on the reservation through this RICO case. We ended up putting a, a couple of the main guys away from 30 years apiece. Um, I think about 16 different people went to prison for it. And look, I don't like to see people's lives ruined. But at the same time, we had a, a violence problem on the community that needed to be handled. And yeah. uh, with the help of these guys and a lot of work, it was a lot of work. We yeah. were able to put this case together and uh, we were successful with the federal RICO case. So yeah, that was probably one of the highlights, uh, but it took a long time. And in between there, there was a hell of a lot of crazy times and things that we did in that uh, two, three years it took us to do this case. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, hey, we're... we're we're, we're getting close to the end of our time here, man. I just, I, I really yeah, that appreciate went by fast. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I, I don't want you to be late. Uh, no, no, I'm I, good. I still got time. So we can hit a couple other topics if you want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, cool. Cool. Um, let's uh, uh, t t tell me that. Tell, give me, uh, tell me about 
you know, uh, growing up, uh, where, where you grew up and, and, and a little bit of that. So I actually grew up in Hawaii. I was okay. born and raised on the Big Island in Hilo. A lot of people wonder if my dad's military. They assume he's military because I lived in Hawaii. Then we moved to the Philippines when I was 11. And then we moved back here to Chandler. And then we moved to Panama. Um, my dad was actually a graduate, graduate of Thunderbird Business College. Um, it's an international business school in Phoenix there, one of the premier schools in the country for international business. So he always loved doing things outside the country. Um, I spent most of my high school years, the summers, working in Panama. Every, I was there when the U.S. invaded Panama. And I talk about all this in my book. Uh, I, but the first chapter is Welcome to America. And I talk about my love for America and what has kind of defined that. And it's spending a lot of time in these other countries where most Americans don't ever leave their cities or states, let alone the country. And they don't realize what country, what a beautiful country they live in and what, how amazing the constitution and the founding fathers were for setting that up and, and protecting our God given rights. You go live in these other countries, you're going to see poverty on a different level. You're going to see what it's like to not have uh, the freedoms that we have. And yeah. every time you come back to this country, you just appreciate it more and more and more. So we grew up with that. I grew up as a minority in Hawaii and then the Philippines, and Panama. And I also lived in Argentina. I'm fluent yeah. in Spanish. I know I don't look like it, but I'm fluent in Spanish. So there's a lot of things in my life that, that are uh, experiences that I wanted to share with people. And I talk a lot about that in the book. Very cool. So what, what kind of work did your dad do? We did different things, but mostly we did scrap metal. So like when we were in the Panama, we, Hawaii, we did that. Uh, Panama, we had the contract with the, the uh, Panamanian government for all their scrap metal. Uh, we would take all the scrap metal, cut it all up, ship it over to wherever, whoever was buying the steel at the time. Uh, kind of a tough business because sometimes the price of steel is good. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. It was a good business for us to grow up and as kids because we learned how to work hard. That's why when I became a dairyman, it wasn't. I still had to learn how to work harder as a dairyman, but you know, I, I already had a, a good base from working in the scrap metal business, going into dairy work. It was able to transition that and it wasn't uh, it wasn't too hard to learn how to work even more. Right. Now so you went to high school in Chandler, is that correct? Yep, I'm a Chandler high grad. Yeah, because I saw something, um, I think you guys were at uh, Elmer's over uh, oh, yeah. in, in Chandler, yeah. And uh, anybody who, who's lived in Chandler or especially if you went to school in Chandler, you know about Elmer's. Uh, yeah. It's the it's great Mexican food. Yeah. I still go there. My kids are love going there. Uh, my brother, every time he comes into town, it's one of the first places he goes. So, yeah, we love ourselves some uh, Elmer's. And we also love so we because we were raised in Hawaii when we moved back here, you know, we were used to rice and spam and all these different things being raised in Hawaii. So. There's a good Hawaiian food restaurant called the Aloha Kitchen over in, uh, it's Mesa, but it's off of Alma School in Guadalupe by the okay. Nellos Pizza. If you want to taste some great Hawaiian food, go there. It's, it's awesome. Hey, is anybody else in your family in law enforcement? I'm the only one. I don't know of any cousins or anybody that's in law enforcement. I, I do have one cousin who works at the, at a prison, but, uh, other than that, I don't, nobody that's in law enforcement. And you know what? I don't come from a family where people were in law enforcement either. Right. Uh, it's just, it, I gravitated to it once I, and look, I didn't think, like I told you at the start, it was something that never, 
dawned on me. I didn't grow up as a kid going, oh, I'm going to be a cop. I wanted to be a GI Joe, but not a cop. Right. Um, and it wasn't until I went on that ride along that I was, I was hooked and yeah. I, I've loved it ever since. It's a great profession. Even though, you know, the media or the, our society or politicians want to turn their back on us now, this is a great profession. You can yeah. do your job, go home at night and feel good that you were part of doing something good in your community. Um, you help save people's lives, change people's lives. You can, you're not going to become wealthy doing it, but you can make a good living doing it and raise a good family with it. And uh, when you're done with your career and you, you go to the, or die and you move on to the next life, you can at least say you have, uh, you'll have plenty of stories to tell and you can uh, stand at the pearly gates with your maker and you can tell them how good you did. Yeah. Now you, you said you had five kids in any of your, any of your kids uh, interested in, in law enforcement or. You know, they go back and forth. Uh, my oldest is right now in Kuwait, and he's been in Iraq and Kuwait. Uh, he's in the 82nd Airborne. I think okay. he's considering coming back. He wants to do law enforcement and ranching. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, maybe one, a couple of my other, one or two of my other boys, but a lot of it, what they see, they see what it takes out of you. Because, look, law enforcement will take every bit of you that you give it. It takes piece of us that we never get back. Yeah. Um, our families will lose a piece of us, uh, that we give to our communities. Um, some of us really struggle to, to process a lot of things that we see. Um, there's PTSD in this profession as well. It's yeah. just that we do the job every day. So it doesn't always manifest itself until after we're done or at least many, many, many years into the profession. So it's something that we give a lot and our families sacrifice a lot for us to do it. My, my kids see that. And so I don't know that that's necessarily at the top of their list, um, but they will see, you know, only time will tell. Look, I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do until I was 34 either. So 33, yeah. 34, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, maybe, uh, maybe there'll be a, a, a movie in the future for you, huh? The, the, <laughs> the, life, and, the life and times of Sheriff Lamb. Well, I don't know. Look, I like, <laughs> The fame I've already got, I write in my book about that, fame without fortune. You know, I've, this is not easy. He, I get the fame piece, so I got to deal with that, but I don't get any money to, to compensate me for it. That's a tough part. <laughs> you know, you can't go into Walmart. If I go into Walmart, I'll get stopped 20, 30 times. Yeah. And probably take multiple pictures. I love that. I don't mind it, but right. it, it is taxing. And you always have to be on. Like, I can never be upset in the community. I can't. Uh, if I don't like the service at a restaurant, I really just can't say much about it because people are watching you always, even when you don't think they're taking right. pictures of you when you're not looking. Uh, it's so it's a piece we've had to learn to deal with as a family as well. And the media, you know, the media will take shots at you every chance they get. I Absolutely. swear on a weekly basis, they're trying to do some type of hit piece on me or my family. Yeah. And uh, I can assure you, they never get the facts straight. They don't always, yeah. they twist it to where it's, it looks like a juicy story or some type of scandal. And it's yeah. just, frankly, it's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I'll tell you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm honored to have you on the podcast and talk uh, to you and, and, and the, the work that you do and the example that you set for uh, not only Arizona, but for uh, just America and, and the world. I mean, it's just, it's truly, truly uh, just, commendable and remarkable that we've got a man like you in service to 
to this state and to this country and to uh, and to America. Um, it's it's something that we really need. We really really need, and uh, you just you should just should be commended for it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, and I'm humbled by your words. I, I look, I lo- I just love this country. I love the Constitution. I think it has God's stamp of approval on it. It yeah. is a document that protects our God-given rights, and I'm going to fight till the bitter end. You know, I did a podcast with Oliver North, Real American Heroes, and at the very end, he asked a question. He's like, look, in, te- in 50 years, what do you want my kids to know about you? And I said, I want them to know that I was a patriot, that I fought valiantly to protect freedom, the Constitution, and the American way of life. And I love everything about that. And, I, you know, we need more people that will stand on those virtues, things that they, that they uh, I think more people need to appreciate what they have. And once they do, and once they have that deep love for it and cherish it, they'll fight for it. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be in a position where I can be a voice uh, and, a, and a warrior for freedom and for the Constitution. And I'm going to continue to do so. Uh, we'll see how it goes with this next administration. If they do indeed take office and they're elected, then, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I'm not going to change my course any. So any of no. you out there that are from Arizona or follow me, um, whether you like me or don't, I'm going to stay the, stay the same course. Uh, I think that that's what we need in this world more than anything is people who are authentic, who aren't, who aren't uh, afraid to stand on their values and be proud of them. I agree. I agree. It's the cowboy way too. Uh, you that's know, right. and, and, uh, and I absolutely agree with you hundred percent. Well, Sheriff Lamb, again, man, I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Um, I look forward to meeting you down there in, uh, uh, in Florence on the 19th at, uh, yeah. is it Florence wild West days? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Florence wild West days. I mean, if you get down on the 19th, I mean, I have the, there's two pictures on my Instagram post or Facebook post. You'll see it. One of them actually has all the details, the times and everything. Uh, okay. but it's going to be a good time and it's close to Christmas. Hopefully everybody will have their Christmas shopping done. I probably won't, but, uh, it'll give a chance to just come down and take your mind off things and uh, have a good time. Eat yeah. some good food. Yeah, and you're going to be taking another one of those uh, pictures with another uh, citizen here because I'm going to be standing right there. Of course, I'm hey, five foot seven. I'm five foot seven, so I'm going to. I might need to get a box to stand on, but just uh, I look, I look forward to meeting people, you. All, that's one of the things people always say is like, "Oh my gosh, you're much taller in real life than I thought." But <laughs> uh, yeah, likewise, I look forward to meeting you, and thank you for what you're doing and for being a voice for freedom and. And uh, for having me on the podcast today, I appreciate it. And yeah, I look forward to meeting you. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Sounds good. God bless. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tommy Hawk's Axe House. Tommy Hawk's is the biggest axe throwing venue in the Midwest. Veteran owned and operated, Tommy Hawk's is run by a former U.S. Army Ranger and his family. If you're looking for an awesome place to kick some axe, with family and friends, then Tommyhawks is the place to be. Tommyhawks also makes customized axes and tomahawks for those that want a unique piece to add to their collection. I just received my customized modern cowboy tomahawk and I am beyond thrilled. Check out some photos of it on our Instagram feed and once you see it, you're going to want to get one for yourself. So whether you're chopping wood or hitting bullseyes, Tommyhawks has got the blade for you. Check them out at www.tommyhawks.net and also 
check out episode 116 of the Modern Cowboy Podcast where I interview the owner and hear all about their story. So hey, check them out at TommyHawks.net and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Hey everyone, today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by TheCowLot.com. The Cow Lot is a retailer of hand-shaped cowboy hats and other Western products as well. And they're committed to customer service and dedicated to the cowboy way and how you wear your hat. TheCowLot.com is where cowboys and cowgirls shop to get their new lids. So head on over to TheCowLot.com. Tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. And hey, check out the episode 114 where um, I interviewed the owner, uh, Glenn Orms and uh, hear their story behind the cow lot. I think you'll find it very interesting. But uh, one thing you're going to really love is you're going to love the new lid you get because they take the utmost in care in making sure that you get the proper fit and the exact shape you want. So head on over to thecowlot.com, get a new lid, and tell them Dan sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Up the trailer, saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my old stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in. To the rope and Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the road Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pin
We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the Roman Bay.